If it cannot hatch from its shell, the chick will die without ever being born. We are the chick. The world is our shell. If we cannot hatch the world's shell, we will die without ever being born. Smash the world's shell. For the podcast of the Bomb Squad. Hi, I am Tim M. Sullivan, and with me I have... Ethan Hawker. And today we have a very special guest from the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. Hello, I'm Dawn. Nice to be here. Glad to have you on the show. Today we are going to be talking about a very special movie. The day that this podcast is going to be premiering, it will be the day before the 25th anniversary of the broadcast premiere of the anime Revolutionary Girl Utena. And so in that spirit, I thought it'd be cool to talk about the 1999 film Adolescence of Utena. And uh, just to kind of give a brief introduction, because I think this is important to address and like I, I did a video last year on Berserk after the passing of Kentaro Miura because I thought it was important to give people sort of a beginner's guide because a lot of people were interested in checking that out. And uh, one of the main reasons that I wanted to make sort of a beginner's guide is because there's a lot of content to warn in regards to that particular series. And there's similar deal here. The series deals with assault rape, grooming, various uncomfortable subject matter. So I think it's good to be aware of going into it. It's a very interesting series if that kind of stuff is stuff that you're able to get through. So I would recommend checking it out if you're comfortable with it. And it does handle it fairly tastefully, all yeah, things considered. Yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. It's it's no Wicked City. Yeah, considering that the original <laughs> TV show was, in fact, on TV, it uses a lot of very smart and artistic symbolism uh, mm -hmm. when applicable. <laughs> yes, precisely. Yeah, and even the film doesn't um, go much farther beyond that, too, yeah. which is nice. I'll get us started with our first question, which is just kind of our general history with uh, the franchise and also any history we might have with Ikuhara's works as a whole. Uh, we'll start with Ethan, and this is largely a first-time viewing for you, is that correct? Yeah, so um, way back when, um, when I was in college, way back when being like a couple years ago, I watched the uh, student council arc, but time just kind of got away from me, so... This time, I revisited it. I watched the first three episodes a week ago, and then 36 over the course of like a day, uh, along with the film a little bit later. This man destroyed his brain for the podcast. Yeah, no, like it's so compelling. Like it, I, it wasn't, it wasn't like a difficult session to get through at all. My familiarity with Ikuhara's work um, is relatively minimal, honestly. Like I'm sort of a newbie to like shoujo in general, but like I really love a lot of things that influenced Utena. But like my familiarity with Ikuhara is pretty limited to you know Sailor Moon. Mm -hmm. and this series and film you know but otherwise i like i have a lot of context so it was really cool seeing a lot of that culminate and i'm really excited to talk about this film which uh rocks <laughs> it's extremely good nice nice glad <laughs> you uh, enjoyed checking this out dawn uh, let's hear about your history with the series slash ikuhara so no surprise but i was a huge fan of sailor moon when that was coming out and ikuhara most famously worked on sailor moon and Utena kind of came from some ideas he had for the Sailor Moon TV anime, which were uh, famously <laughs> not approved because they had nothing to do with the manga at all. That being, he wanted to do a whole season where Sailor Uranus and Neptune fly to a place called the end of the world and do a, a big battle there. Uh, <laughs> and they were like, mm, 
no, that doesn't happen in Sailor Moon. Like, you can't do that. And so he basically picked up all his stuff and he was like, well, I'm going to make my own shoujo series with lesbians and end of the world. And he, <laughs> that's what he did. I was very much looking forward to Utena after it was announced, like, you know, in all the anime magazines back in the 90s, because I was like, oh, yeah, he was the main person in charge for the Sailor Moon R movie, which that's my favorite Sailor Moon movie. It's one of my favorite Sailor Moon things, period. And I, of course, really enjoyed the stuff he did with Sailor Moon S. So when Utena first started coming out, I was like, yeah, 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 I'm so excited. And it wasn't anything like I expected expected at first and then it just got even weirder but like my personal kind of weird so I was like very very excited for it even though like when it came out I was much younger and Mm -hmm. I don't think when I first watched it I really got a lot of the symbolism and the stuff that the show was trying to say Mm -hmm. I was just like it's pretty and there's lesbians and (laughs) yay you know and you know the art ruled and the music rocked and that was all I really cared about but it's one of those series that really like as I've gotten older I've been able to appreciate it even more which I am uh, very thankful for my first introduction to the movie was since this was back way back (laughs) when dinosaurs roamed the earth because I'm old my first exposure to the movie was I got a friend who they were able to find a copy of the Japanese release of the VHS in their like local little Tokyo and so they copied it for me because this was before it was out in the US you know Mm -hmm. the, the the US version came out a couple years after it was released in Japan if I recall and so the first time I ever saw the Utena movie was unsubtitled untranslated in Japanese only and so like (laughs) there were a lot of things I didn't get at first and like I was like what is going on this is so different because back then when the movie was announced we were very excited because we were like oh it's going to be like a a sequel a continuation because you know famously the end of the Utena series is kind of open-ended a Mm -hmm. little depending on how you look at it so like everyone was really excited we thought it was like going to be a sequel and then i watched it i was like i don't think that was the (laughs) sequel what 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 (laughs) so uh i didn't actually see a translated version of the movie for like at least a year after Mm -hmm. i first watched it untranslated so for a while i was just like sitting on like all this symbolism that i had no context for (laughs) which was very interesting (laughs) yeah i can um, imagine (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was like, like my my Japanese is very elementary, so <laughs> I was like, I, I get some parts, but other parts, I'm like, what is going on? I <laughs> it's it's very confusing, even if you understand the words that are being said. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, <laughs> but yeah, it's become just one of my favorite anime films. It's just so beautiful to watch. Like, the animation is just stunning. It's basically everything you love about the series just cranked up to 11. Glad you guys all enjoyed the series. My history with it is I first watched it in 2016. I really enjoyed it my my first time watching it. I probably had some baby brain take on it because didn't quite understand what the hell I just witnessed. But I (laughs) I enjoyed it. Once I found the Utena side of Twitter, I started to reach this state of enlightenment. Because ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, gay anime Twitter. That's, yeah, yes, it's a good Precise. place to be. Yeah. Once I discovered what empty movement was, it all changed. <laughs> yes, empty movement 
one of the biggest, longest-running Utena fan sites still on the internet, still being updated, <laughs> still active. It's a great place. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> the memes I always see of Utena are always wild. Like, you'll see, like, art of Anthe holding a machine gun. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just weird things like that. It's incredible. There's a bot twitter account that's trained on all of the j.a caesar songs and just auto generates songs based on those lyrics and it's <laughs> it's amazing my favorite is is one that just says the moon the moon the moon the moon the moon over i mean uh, that sounds like it could be a j.a uh caesar song yeah for real oh for for sure one, one of them was just simply ammonite and you know that's all you need uh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> Ammonite. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just been very fascinating seeing the fandom of Utena. I do have some fondness for the dub. Like, it's it's charming in all the right ways. Like, And, and I'm just kind of a sucker for all of the dubs with uh, that Central Park cast. And uh, it's because I was conditioned. I grew up on four kids dubs of Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. <laughs> but, like, there, there's some, like legitimately good performances particularly rachel lillis's performance as utana and chrisman freeman's performance as toga i really enjoyed i also really enjoyed dan green as soji and i love that dan green is soji because that makes utana one of the rare people who has beaten yugi in a duel <laughs> and so, so she gets to sit at the same lunch table as Raphael from season four of Yu-Gi-Oh, and also guts from berserk even if this is an exhibition a duel is a duel I'll give you no quarter. That's the spirit. The dub is definitely a product of its time, but there are parts of it that are like quite nice. I do like the dub actor of Miki. I actually got to meet him at a con once and oh, nice. he, he's actually like in real life he can play piano. He's a musician. Oh, that's that's awesome. And and he actually gave a concert where he played the uh the piano piece from the Utena TV series, the the Sunlit Garden. And I was like, "Wow, oh my god, it's Miki playing the piano in real life." <laughs> That's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, the, the closest I've gotten to that was I got to see an Eric Stewart concert. But yeah, I really enjoy the series. Uh, when we were starting this podcast last year, and I started thinking about uh, hosting some episodes myself, this was one of the first movies that came to mind. It's like, I could host a podcast on this. And then the second thought I had was, yeah, this is exactly what Utena needs. A podcast where a bunch of white guys talk about it. Uh <laughs> But, uh, you know, the, the thought kind of stuck in my head and I thought it'd be an interesting one to talk about. I think there's plenty to say about it. My history with Yukihara is kind of like Ethan's, a little bit limited, to be honest. I've only seen Utena and then I've watched Sailor Moon up to like halfway through S. I still need to get around to watching the rest of that, but I've enjoyed what I've watched. You can hear me talk about that on the Sailor Moon R the Movie cast, which is one of our most popular casts. Ah, uh, excellent. Good yeah. Taste. Good taste, everybody. Yes. Yes. Give our audience a round of applause. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I haven't been watching as much like seasonal stuff over the last couple of years, but I did uh, make a point to check out Sarah's On My, which came out in 2019. And that show is something. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is something, all right. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it's it's wild. So uh, with no further ado, let's just get right into our thoughts on the movie. We'll start with you, Dom. Something I really love about the Utsun movie, especially the more I watch it, you know, as the years go on, is the art direction. The art direction in this movie is so stunningly beautiful Mm -hmm. like it is literally like watching these beautiful conceptual paintings in motion Mm -hmm. uh because they really went all out with making the school otori academy to be like this very sort of dreamy kind of almost nightmare place where Mm -hmm. the, the walls are constantly moving there's all these open spaces with like all these very sharp pointed angles there's a lot of very high like catwalks almost that that, Mm -hmm. uh, people use to get around and it almost is reminiscent of a sort of ruined prison which was purposely uh done in the art direction the art direction for this film was done by shichiro kobayashi and he has this kind of very distinct aesthetic like he was also the art director for angel's egg and or say after a beautiful dreamer which are other sort of dreamy almost like nightmare quality sort of feeling movies Mm -hmm. where it almost feels sinister but in a beautiful way yeah (laughs) the use of color is also very very interesting because a lot of the color story in this movie is blacks whites and reds which if you watch any of ikuhara's stuff he's very 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 into using blacks whites and reds (laughs) especially during scenes of like peril or trauma lots of blacks whites and reds (laughs) and uh you know like we were saying before you know this baby can fit so much symbolism into it so if you are super big into like art symbols symbolism uh film symbolism like there is just so much going on and since it's a movie it had a way bigger budget so it's basically like all the most beautiful parts of Uten of the series but just like constant <laughs> like every every frame of painting it's just so gorgeous to look at and one of the things i really love about it is that like i was saying before it's not really like a sequel to Utena, and it's not quite something totally different it's basically like what if we kind of did a soft reboot Mm-hmm. But also, most of the characters are kind of in on that. Like, they're self-aware that they've been through this before. Mm-hmm. So, kind of like the feeling you got when you watched the new Eva movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or like a like an Utena, do you remember love quality to it, where it feels like... Right. Yeah. Meta, mm-hmm. meta commenting. And it's really obvious that they had a lot of fun sort of just revisiting these characters and doing it like almost proper in some ways because like most famously in the Utenus Uris, one of the major complaints was the relationship between Uten and Anthe was very downplayed. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it's like front and center. Oh, yeah. Like, there is no denying their relationship in this movie. Yeah. It is is very, very much on screen canonical. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to to fully express just how beautiful and happy this movie makes me because like it's a love story but it's also a movie about trauma it's also a movie about friendship it's also a movie with a lot of symbolism about all of those things and it's also just a beautiful art piece that ikuhara put together with this amazing staff of people i always love getting to revisit it because every time i rewatch it it feels like i noticed something different this time it's just like oh 
it's it's wonderful all right ethan uh you just watched the movie recently what are your thoughts i really liked getting to see uh this film in particular because i like those sort of parallel film stories where they're like it's still all new animation and you know because i love 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 osamu dezuki that's sort of why utena in general was so fun to watch mm-hmm. um not just because of dezuki because obviously he was adapting works particularly by ryoko ikeda but like i love his adaptations of the second half of the rose of versailles and onisama-e uh, dear brother which clearly ikuhara um, is pulling for this adaptation amongst like a bunch of things like it's sort of evangeliony not in the sense of necessarily mm-hmm. the content or the symbolism which i mean you, you can make that comparison but in the sense that it's like a creative just like doing a grab bag of all these things he loves um particularly from mm. like like different shoujo things particularly with like the the way it does um comment on the uh, the original series and sort of function not just as um, a remake but as a almost textual response to it because it clearly changes things but then there's a lot of stuff that harkens back to events that only happened in the television anime like making a larger plot point out of the the death of the prince with toga which was just like a brief comment in the last episode i, I like seeing stuff like that where it's like oh you're really just pulling at a, at a small thread as far as a compression of you know 39 episodes of television ostensibly it's pretty pretty effective the fact that Utena is pretty dreamlike to begin with definitely helps yeah i like i think it's the character's name is keropon the alligator guy you see i love that little interstitial where ikuhara is just like okay let's cram in all the little mascot characters and stuff since we can't fit them in the film proper and like even in a film where like it's a bit more serious than the show as a whole was ikuhara Mm -hmm. still finds time to cram in some of that absurd comedy that like really heightens the contrast of it i think that's part of the reason utena is so effective is that it'll take itself very seriously and then immediately just diverge into complete absurdity oftentimes within the same scene ikuhara is not afraid to do that even in the big budget movie version i like the fact that um otori academy is like you said like a prison but it's open like there's no like classrooms or anything really even the quote-unquote like more closed spaces like there's like a big hole in the wall or that sort of thing like the way it is a prison yet it's like completely open there's something to be said about that that somebody smarter than me could say But just like as a design quality, I like it. And I guess that does make sense. Sort of prisons of our own making kind of thing. Yeah, I think one of the designers actually said that they intended it to almost feel like a birdcage. Yeah, that's yeah, that's completely accurate. I think Anthe in particular is treated mm-hmm. as a caged bird throughout. There's so much to love about it. My favorite part is probably the the final act. But um, we'll, we'll get into that because it's a really good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to you, Tim. Awesome. Yeah, glad uh, you enjoyed it, Ethan. Yeah, my, my thoughts on it are pretty much uh, along the lines of you guys. Like, I think it's I think it's a really interesting just kind of reimagining. I kind of like the ways that, like, the characterizations are a little different. Like, you have kind of different character dynamics with some of the characters, which I think is kind of neat. And, like, I, I read about the things they were kind of trying to do with the production. Like, Ikuhara was talking about, like, he just wanted to be able to do the things that he wasn't able to do in the show and like he jokingly said i want to make it more naughty <laughs> yeah and now for the real scandalous videotape here we go so you have a uh, much more explicit direct depiction of uh, utena and anthe as a couple and you have a lot more characterization on toga and they make him much more sympathetic which is definitely interesting and yeah design wise it just looks incredible like every frame as a painting they definitely did a interesting like great job of just kind of taking something that was already great and making it great in a completely different way it's sort of its own separate canon in a way you could theoretically 
watch this with no context of the show but i think with the context of the show um it definitely adds a much deeper level of appreciation like seeing how it's kind of diverged from what was in the original series and how it's able to do things that the original series wasn't able to do and we got one more question we are going to talk about the ending of the film and boy is it an interesting ending Uh, we'll we'll start with ethan i love this ending so much i love the anecdote about ikuhara where they were looking for mechanical designers for it um where he says people were just confused by why do you need mechanical designers for an utana movie yeah Um, yeah they were they were all like very confused like why do you want us for this like there's really no preamble to there's no setup but it really makes sense in the way everything is sort of just a hyperbolic version of itself like okay so you had the ending of the show where the fight between utana and akio she's cutting through all those cars so now let's make utana a car yeah that's the the logical through line like the the car wash showing up and the really elaborate transformation sequence like it's treated almost like a real like almost more like a magical girl transformation sequence i guess than a like a, a mech launching sequence which i kind of like the animation on display there is so good and then it gives anthe an opportunity to really do something which i like a lot um like as the as the driver of of utina yeah, yeah previously it was utina that saved anthe and now anthe gets to save utina yeah yeah she really gets to do a lot more in this finale it works too because you know akio is her brother so getting to and their relationship i don't know um there's a sense that that isn't super well resolved in the television series um not even yeah poorly resolved but just in a, it's more done a bit more satisfyingly here um mm-hmm. which i like the whole car chase sequence the integration of cgi i honestly really like the like overhead view of when they're um, dodging through the wheels on the big fortress castle i think it's really well integrated it's also great because they used the cg so smartly that it hasn't aged poorly it's mm-hmm. actually still pretty great looking i'll shut up about it but my fate like easily the most like oh yeah that rules moment is not just when the student council rolls up in like the support jeep but the fact that the support jeep is wakaba um i yeah (laughs) i thought that was so cute and i really really liked it um yeah just i love that uh, a really cool detail but no just a really incredible finale i loved it (laughs) i believe uh ethan that's what we call a gatorade get hype moment (laughs) Oh god, not a good hype moment. Not here. Oh, no. We have to throw the graphic up. We already made it. <laughs> well, I'd hate to disappoint our graphics department. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Donna, let's let's hear your thoughts on the ending. Oh, the the ending is so good because you know, it works on so many different levels. Like if you're not really thinking about it, if you're just watching it as is and not really thinking too deep about it you're like yeah this is really great because you know like i said like anthe saves utina they get through this crazy car chase they make it past the ghost of her brother and they make it to the other side they escape the academy together with their love and it's it's so wonderful but like also you can think of it in the more abstract in the thematic where theoretically you can read it in so many different ways but i think my one of my favorite ways of uh reading the whole like she turns into a car and like all this other stuff is that you know when you think about it getting your license and getting a car is like one of your earliest tastes of real freedom Mm -hmm. right because you're in control you have the keys you're in the driver's seat you are getting to control your destiny. So 
this is thematically it's about growing up because she's taking control she's getting her life back together with the girl she loves she's escaping the traumatic childhood and she is driving towards the outside world, which is basically your adulthood, your freedom. And when you think about it that way, and she's like, you know, and at the end they kiss and it's so sweet and wonderful. And they're like, we don't know what's gonna happen, but we're gonna do it together. You're just like, oh my God, that's so beautiful and wonderful. And like the sky turns blue at the end. And you know, you see the sun kind of peeking out of the clouds and you're just like, oh, just thinking about it kind of makes me tear up a little bit. It's just so sweet and wonderful and it's really hard to think of a movie with like two you know lesbians <laughs> who who go through it all and then come out the other side happy and in love and free and you're just like man that's just oh, it's amazing yeah. and it's an anime movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just, it's one of those endings that like really sticks with you. I mean, I know a lot of people get hung up on, but she turns into a car. <laughs> it's so wild and wacky. And like, yeah, but like also thematically, it's just super cool. And also the car she turns into is really awesome. Yeah, <laughs> It's this giant pink like race car that looks like two horses that's super cool and also very thematically appropriate considering she wanted to be a prince so mm -hmm. you know what better car to turn into than you know uh instead of a white horse it's a pink horse yeah <laughs> but yeah it's uh, it's definitely one of my top 10 most memorable anime film endings of all time and honestly like film like top 10 film endings period really because like it's just so unique and beautiful and wonderful it's it's really like hard to think of something more unique than that yeah i guess my thoughts on the ending are yeah i uh, along kind of the same lines as you guys uh, I, I really enjoy it i remember when i was starting to get into uchina this was back when uh, red bard had a page on facebook called anime screenshots without context and uh, <laughs> I, I remember seeing uh, the screenshot of Shiori going, It's a big mistake to think you're the only one who can turn into a car. I'm a car now, too. And I was waiting <laughs> the entire series for that. So I was like, <laughs> I have to know what the hell happened here. Uh, <laughs> and it's just such a funny, like, out of, almost out of nowhere, just like, uh, we, we find out what happened with Toga. And then suddenly the car transformation sequence. I do love how it kind of recontextualizes sort of basically the ending of the series. And like it's a, it's a much more optimistic ending than the series got where, you know, like we mentioned, uh, it was, it's kind of open-ended and, you know, stuff isn't really resolved with Akio where uh, this, uh, it, it gives a much more hopeful kind of, uh, satisfying conclusion with Uchida and Anthe, and it's very beautiful uh, thematically, visually, and uh, you know, it's just it's just, it's just re really great, uh, re really great moment, real real great win for the gays, you know. Uh, <laughs> yes, 
yeah, I think that uh, pretty much does it. Does anybody have any departing thoughts? We'll start with Ethan. Yeah, no, um, this was a great excuse to punish myself for not watching Utana <laughs> by watching it basically all in one sitting. I really <laughs> enjoy it. Like, I'm so I'm definitely going to revisit it because there's obviously a bit to unpack. But like, I, I loved all of it top to bottom. And this film is no exception. Um, just really a, a gorgeous, wonderful piece of animation from a director I really like. Um, taking mm-hmm. inspiration from a lot of other people I really like. Um, culminating in something I really, really like like uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was a real thrill to have this opportunity to talk about it um particularly with an, a pair of utana super fans um yeah. like yourselves um <laughs> yeah thank you so much yeah absolutely dawn final thoughts if you have somehow never seen utana i really really recommend it especially like you know starting with the series and then getting to the movie like mm-hmm. like you said you you can theoretically watch the movie without having seen the series but i feel like you get so much more out of it mm-hmm. so if you really want to get like as much satisfaction as humanly possible out of it i would definitely recommend it definitely do look up content warnings though because mm-hmm. while i do love utana and it is a beautiful and just amazing piece of art and anime it's not for everyone because Mm. there is some stuff in there that like you know not everyone can handle which you know honestly totally understandable yeah absolutely it 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 can get pretty heavy i mean even like i said even at the beginning like some of it's like kind of artfully (laughs) you know done with a lot of symbolism you know there's still there's still a lot of stuff if you think too hard about it you're like oh god that's not good at all yeah um and it, it is more like outright uh said in the movie than the the series proper mm-hmm. but uh it it's amazing that this series is gosh 25 already oh yeah like i feel i'm starting to feel my age <laughs> But it still holds up so incredibly well. And especially as a piece of something that can be easily, you know, labeled as a piece of LGBTQI plus fiction and art. It's something that in the 90s was really not common. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it was that it's also just a beautiful piece of cinema is just like it makes me so happy it's just really really beautiful and it's still from that era of anime where everything was still cell painted so it it has that beautiful warm hand-painted look yeah and it's uh, it's like right at the end of that era too where they had like perfected it (laughs) yeah it's just it's really stunning really beautiful stuff to look at i can't recommend it enough it's it's wonderful. And so many amazingly talented people worked on both the series and the movie. You know, if you are a fan of art and mm-hmm. and film, like, just do yourself a favor and, uh, you know, try to watch it. Yeah. Uh, I know the series is streaming online for uh, free or cheap in various places. And I know the movie is streaming for free on Retro Crush with ads, I think. Honestly, you don't have any excuse. Yeah. You don't even have to go pay for it if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, my final thoughts are kind of on the same lines as Dawn's. Is like, um, I, I think it's a great movie. I think it's a great series. And like, we, we, we've barely scratched the surface on this podcast. There's so many layers to this onion. Uh, it's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it, it's also kind of interesting to see how like in the last 
maybe decade or so, uh, it's had this uh, very prominent uh, effect on like Western media too. Like uh, you see it kind of referenced in a lot of Cartoon Network stuff, like Steven Universe. And uh, yeah. recently mm -hmm. there was uh, something that kind of went viral, sort of, uh, where there was a shot from the tragedy of Macbeth that kind of echoes the hallway in Utah, which was interesting. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so so we got we got uh, some interesting kind of like Western inspirations from Utana, which is kind of interesting how it's echoed through popular culture over the years and how it continues to find uh, new fans. Uh, even to this day, uh, 25 years later, this is a very, very interesting, very fun uh, series to get into. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, if I can uh, make one person go down uh, the Utena rabbit hole, I've done my job. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that is about gonna do it for us dawn thank you so much for coming on to the show uh feel free to uh plug anything you'd like to plug well thank you so much for having me uh i'm a big fan of the gaze as being a a bi lady myself hey. so <laughs> but yeah any excuse to talk about utina i love it like you said before i'm also the host of the anime nostalgia podcast which is a podcast that i run on my own we talk about anime manga and fandom history from before the year 2000 so like all those great 90s 80s 70s 60s things that sort of shaped what anime and manga and fandom is today we talk about all that kind of stuff there and you can find it pretty much wherever you get podcasts and you can also find the blog at animenostalgia.blogspot.com nice all right, yeah. so that is going to do it for us today. Thank you for tuning in. If you are listening on any of the audio platforms, feel free to give us a review. It helps boost us in the algorithms. If you are watching on Spotify video, thank you for watching this uncensored version. I don't know if we even said any curse words that would get censored, um, but uh, <laughs> I'll throw a fuck in there for good measure. There you go. Uh <laughs> And then also please uh, support our Patreon so we can continue to make good content. And if you are watching on YouTube, thank you for watching. Uh, please feel free to leave a comment below. Let us know. Uh, have you watched the Utena series? What are your thoughts on Adolescence of Utena? What are your thoughts on uh, car chase scenes? Let us know. And uh, while you're down there, please give us a like if you like the video and uh, hit subscribe if you want to see more of our content and uh, hit the bell icon so that you can uh, see whenever we upload new stuff. Tune in next week for an Ethan hosted podcast on Ralph Bakshi's Fritz the Cat. Thank you all for tuning in and remember, I got a fever and the only prescription is more cowbell. Farewell. <laughs> God. Awful.